Hello and welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Steven. I'm here as always with my friends and co-hosts, Patrick. Hello. And Chris. Hello. Why does your audio sound weird all of a sudden? Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, now it's fine. It sounded bubbly. Yeah, you oh, sounded well, like I just, you were I just cracked a beer. Maybe that's the problem. I don't, I don't think that was it. Uh, we are here today to discuss the 2018 N-film Malevolent, not to be confused with any number of other horror movies with adjectives for titles. Uh, but before we get malevolent. into it, Malevolent, uh, starring Florida. I love, I, let me just say, I love a movie that has a adjective for a title. I do too, but I don't know what I mean when I say love, because I don't generally actually like any of these movies, but that's why I, that's why I picked this one. I thought it was a funny title and had to know what it was all about. Uh, but before we get I, into it, because trust me, we're, we have we're to come back to with that. No, we have to come yeah, back. I'm still on that. that point. I'm yeah. still on this. Point. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just I just looked up diabolical in the thesaurus. I would see all of these movies. <laughs> Devilish, fiendish, demonic, lamentable, deplorable, <laughs> lamentable. Okay. The yeah. lamentable configuration. Yeah, I would watch all of these. Anyway. Deplorable. I want to see deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that, though, because I feel like that's such a unique convention of like what probably just the last 10 years, really, that that trend has taken off. And for the most part, I feel like I disapprove of it because it's lazy. The two ex exceptions that I will make are insidious because insidious is a word that isn't used that often. And it just sounds fucking cool and malignant because malignant actually has to do with what happens in the movie besides just being sort of an all-purpose ominous adjective but in general i, I, I disapprove of the trend started the trend i i feel like it did yeah what about sinister which insidious or sinister which came first insidious, insidious came first. okay yeah. okay i like sinister the movie i just i don't i don't know about sinister as a title i feel like you could come up with a cooler title for sinister yeah, like um, baleful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or deplorable even. Like, yeah. I mean, the stuff that happens in those those home movies and sinister, pretty deplorable. Direful, I might say. Direful, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, before we get further into it, how you guys doing? Horror wise, what you been reading, watching, listening to, playing, living? I'll go first because I actually have something this time. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I watched Seance on Shudder. Ooh, I started that because our friend Rowan recommended it on a okay. recent episode. I, oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, how is it? Um, Almost. Almost. Almost, <laughs> almost liked it. <laughs> it's you know it's got a fun setting it's 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 basically the story is there's uh these uh it's a it's a girls boarding school mm -hmm. and you know they were fucking around with saying bloody mary into a mirror uh someone ended up dying in an apparent suicide or was it and then you know the new student comes in and it's kind of like they're trying to solve the mystery of what happened to this girl by using a ouija board and having seances and you know people start dying they were going for like it feels like they were going for like a scream sort of movie cut with like heathers cut with harry potter but they and i compared it to hashtag horror uh Oof. meets the changeling wait what <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> 
I'm sold now. <laughs> a comparison that just broke your brain. Yeah, I, nothing you just said has turned me off. All of this yeah. sounds fascinating. I mean, you might like it. It just, it just, it wasn't enough for me. There was, there was too much going on. It wasn't. Is it a show or a movie? Yeah. It's a movie. Oh, okay. Watch it. You might like it. I wouldn't tell anyone not to watch it. It just, eh. The little bit that I watched, um, and I just got sidetracked. I thought like, oh, I remember Rowan talking about this. I'll sample it and see if I want to like actually watch this tonight. And it had kind of like a lifetimey sort of vibe to it. To me. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of threads going in different directions and none of it really, I don't know. It wasn't focused enough for me. The, there was, the, the good stuff was good, but there wasn't enough of it. So cue it. <laughs> that's the that's the uh the question on everyone's lips view it yeah. script i watched um i talked about eyes of fire on the last episode i think i've been on this full horror kick because uh i don't own this yet but shutter has put out a bunch of these movies severn films put out this gigantic world full horror box set that has i think 20 movies and a ton of like short films and like tv teleplays and things like that and in conjunction Ooh. with this they made an epic length three and a half hour documentary about folk horror around the world called woodlands dark and days bewitched and of course i did not watch this all in one go it is quite long and uh, actually pretty academic at times but goddamn, it's it's good I, I mean i feel like i took a master class in folk horror and learned about at least a dozen movies i've never heard of um some of which are from countries that i didn't even know had film industries uh, that look pretty striking. Do they talk about Kill List? Kill List comes up brief, very briefly in it. Yes, they do talk about sort of the modern resurgence of full horror in the UK. Did you buy this box set? No, 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 no. I don't own it yet, but but Shudder oh. has put out uh, the documentary and I think three oh. or four of the movies, including Eyes of Fire, that are included on the set. Um, I would be fascinated to check that out. I, I love the, the genre of folk horror just fascinates me and to see takes on it from different countries in particular sounds really interesting is the blair witch project folk horror i would say so yeah the the definition i mean there's a number of like sort of scholars interviewed in this film and like one of the things that really struck me is that the definition of folk horror is actually pretty loose you know i tend to think of of the uk i think of stuff like the wicker man when mm -hmm. i think of folk horror but really it comes down to um <laughs> what are you laughing about my definition is any horror movie that involves wicker or sticks <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's yeah i feel like that tracks really well i mean because mid midsummer is certainly folk horror and there's some wicker and some sticks in that for sure uh, yeah i mean i think god i wish i could think of something off the top of my head i just can't right now with this this covid booster brain but um <sighs> i think it's like pretty much any movie that deals with like a society's past sins. I think you could make an argument, you know, if there's a supernatural mm -hmm. element to it, I think you can make an argument that it's full horror. And that's where this documentary really opens up and starts to look at films from around the world that I would mm. not have normally thought fit into that genre. What about Nightmare on Elm Street? Hmm. That's not a society's past sins, though, necessarily. It's, it's like town. a neighborhood's, yeah. neighborhood's okay. past right. sins. You know what, right. guys? All right. All we're whittling it down like a stick to get to the, the <laughs> more specific definition. All like horror is full core. All right. Well, that, that's all I've got this time around. Patrick? Um, yeah, so I followed through on my commitment from last episode and watched the rest of the Hostel series. Watched Hostel 2 and 3. Fuck. Um 
yeah it was it was a, it was a ride it was an experience hostile too i have to say honestly uh a lot better than hostile honestly kind of less offensive than hostile and kind of reeks in some ways of eli uh sort of trying to apologize or compensate for criticisms of the original hostile the protagonists are all women this time and more or less they're actually decent people uh, you know, compared to the three dirt bags in the original Hostel. Um, boy, is that one, uh, whew, there's some rough shit in Hostel Part 2. Hostel Part 3 goes to fucking Vegas. And what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there are elite hunting clubs all around the globe, we discover. Wait, okay. one the, in Vegas. Eli Roth, did he only produce three or did he yeah. actually direct it? Okay. okay. He, did, he did not direct it. It has a very different... I don't want to say it has a different tone, but it's less openly gory, I would say. And there's also some kind of weird stuff where it's like uh, there's an audience for the kills now and they like oh. play a little game to weigh in on what they want to happen to the people being tortured. A little running um, man hunger game sort of situation, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, knock off of, of either of those. Um, it was not great. But uh, I finally watched the Hostel series, so yay. Um, would not recommend, honestly, that anybody watch any of these three movies, but do listen to the Faculty of Horror episode about Saw and Hostel. I finally cracked and listened to this podcast which chris has been recommending and referencing for probably years now and um i don't know why i resisted it for so long probably just because i don't listen to a ton of podcasts honestly to begin with which is insane considering you you are a co-host of a podcast yeah yeah, yeah. you're fine but with putting a... it out there you just don't want to pick it up exactly exactly uh it's a it's a great show they're extremely smart uh and extremely funny and I really enjoyed their analysis of Saw Hostel and the torture porn genre in general. Pretty fascinating stuff. As a final note, I watched... I think I'm going to watch Hostel 2, though, based on your review. Oh, I would love to talk to you about it. All right. I would love to hear your contrarian take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, by Steven's recommendation, I watched The Back Rooms, oh, a short fuck. film on YouTube that everybody needs to go and watch right now. It's like nine minutes of just creepy, unsettling, brilliant uh, terror created by a fucking 16-year-old. Looks like a found footage film that takes place in uh, this very oddly and surreally laid out series of back rooms. It's inspired by a creepy pasta and it's brilliantly conceived and executed. I will never be able to do anything in that like that in my entire life, let alone when I was 16. Yeah, it's super creepy. I mean, I discovered this, uh, it felt like I was like already late to the party because apparently it's got like a 11 million views on YouTube or something. It's like this huge viral hit. And yeah, it just kind of grabbed me from the beginning. It brought me back to making movies with high eight cameras with my friends when I was a teenager. And like the premise is like something we would have, my friends, and I would have thought up like, oh, what if we're like making a movie and you get knocked over and suddenly you wind up in like some nether region? You know, this is inspired by a subreddit about liminal spaces uh, that sounds fascinating and I want to read more about. And then the rest of it is like I watched it on my laptop, but it was like hard to tell at, for, at first. I thought it was like on physical sets. So did I. And, and, and I it, was like, how how the fuck did they build this? This is massive, you know? Exactly. And as it goes on like it becomes clear that it's like some kind of i don't know what kind of engine they used to make this but it it's very much like a first person video game that has been 
uh, treated to look like VHS. And there's great sound design, so you do feel that there's a person moving the camera. And some really creepy stuff, like chases the protagonist, or you, for all intents and purposes, down in this weird space. It's cool yeah. shit. It's, yeah, it's one of those weird, it feels outsider art-y, and just, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Like, it ain't right. It feels like one of those things you're not supposed to be watching, in a way, and I loved that. It's cursed. It's cursed. Mm-hmm. I heard that if you watch that on YouTube, you die in seven days. Ooh. I hope. <laughs> See, I'm ready. <laughs> Damn. Usually that scares people. <laughs> <laughs> We're too edgy for you, Chris. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, let's get to the business at hand. Malevolent, uh, full disclosure for our audience, I watched this earlier today while in kind of a mild fever from getting my COVID booster. This is not to uh, dissuade people from getting vaxxed and or boosted. You should do it. It's good for all of us. But uh, I had a hard time with this one because it is I, I like I took some Advil. I was starting to feel kind of sleepy. And this movie really like synced up with my mood a little too much, I think. It will not wake you up. This will not wake you up. This is about two, uh, an American brother-sister duo who are going to university in Glasgow. They run kind of a little ghost-busting business, a la the Warrens. It's set inexplicably in Glasgow in 1986. And I don't know if I missed something, but I didn't really feel like there was any significance to that whatsoever. Well, but it was based on a book. It is this, based on a book. This movie yes. is based on a book. And so I assume, and I think we watched another movie that did this um but i assume that the setting is just to be faithful to the book uh right but there's no reason why it has to take place in 1986 no um but yeah essentially uh they they the this brother and sister who who with their friends have this little ghost busting company their mother suffered some trauma and they did because of that and uh as they're going about their business florence Pugh uh of midsummer in, in black widow fame uh she starts to kind of like see things like it's not it, it becomes less of an act for her as they go about their business uh there's there's a, there's a couple details i'm gonna fill i barely remember this movie okay i want to fill i want to fill in a couple details and yeah. synopsis yeah do that it. you might have missed i, in I your, didn't feverish state i didn't intend to explain the entire film with that but let's well, hear it a key plot point is that they are not actually ghostbusters. They are right. con artists. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, so they go around, they do a dog and pony show and they use some, some stupid tricks to make people think that they are contacting spirits, but they don't believe in spirits and they basically just want to take people's money. Um, and well, and they're yeah, cashing they in on the mom's ability or supposed ability. Oh yes. Because people said that the mom wait, there was something about the mom having some people thinking she she has a reputation, right? I like, thought the reputation was Florence Pugh's reputation because of us of a supposedly successful thing that they did that got press coverage, and that was just how they get their new clients. No, well, I think it was using, the mom. Yeah, they're selling her on the basis of the mom because they actually have an ad at one point that has both the mom's picture and hers. Okay. In it. All right, yeah. I missed that part. All right, we, we yeah. between the three of us, we can get this. We can figure this together. out. Yeah, <laughs> the the mom, I think was, if I recall correctly, was a, a medium of some sort herself, and before she died, was reportedly having trouble with spirits, which others in the family 
uh, interpret it as her just going crazy and mm -hmm. seeing things or whatever. And so, she you know, yeah. out. Make, okay. make of all that what you will. It, it, it seemed like she unambiguously lost her mind. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, as our, as our little crack team of ghost hunters gets closer and closer to actual real paranormal activity, uh, Florence Pugh, who's kind of our main character, starts to you know have the same symptoms as her mom and starts to think that she's maybe going down the same path of just i'm you know i don't believe in ghosts i feel like i'm going insane now am i am i doomed to scratch my eyes out in an asylum like mother yeah right. I, I yeah i don't are you saying it seemed to the characters that she unambiguously lost her mind the mom because to me it didn't seem that way it seemed unclear what happened with the mom exactly and as as the film went along it seemed like there was more doubt introduced about whether the mom was, you know, quote unquote crazy or was actually plagued by some sort of actual spirits. Uh, I, I see your point. I see your point. But but multiple I mean, I characters, think that's literally what you're supposed to I think the doubt it, was within the family, the but film. not in the press. Right. Like, I think it was yeah. like a high profile incident. But I think like the, the fan like her her kids like wonder if there was something more to it. Well, but, yeah, I think Florence the doubt. Pugh. Yeah, I think the doubt was in the family, not in the press, and certainly, and on the other side of it, not in the text of the film. I think the film right. very much, particularly by the end of it, uh, intends you to believe that the mom was had some kind of actual spirit problem and was not just, you know, mentally ill. Yes. Um, we can say, so we don't have to keep saying uh, Florence Pugh, uh, I would, Angela. I would like to keep saying name. Florence Pugh. I think it's... a She's it rolls off the tongue. Wonderful nicely. actress, and it's a beautiful name. It's a fun name to say. This is the first thing I've ever seen her in. I know that she's kind of, uh, you know, people like her these days. Um, I love Florence Pugh so much. I think she's just one of the best fucking actresses working right now. Best fucking actors working right now. Yeah, I had never seen her in anything before I saw her in this. And I didn't even know who she was until I saw the credits. I was like, oh, that's Florence Pugh. Okay, I don't see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't have really stood out if this had been the only movie I'd seen her in. I wouldn't think like, oh, there's a rising star. But that's not her oh, fault. Oh, strongly I mean. disagree. Strongly disagree. Oh. I think she's phenomenal in this. She does. I mean, and, and this is every movie she's in, but she does so much with her face. And especially this character is going through some shit because, you know, she's been roped into this ghost busting racket by her brother mm -hmm. who's a piece of shit performed by another very talented actor the actor who plays the brother does a phenomenal job of uh just playing the the manipulation that this guy pulls off on his sister and everyone around him it's it's very it's very well done and she is in the middle of his little fucking personality maelstrom and there's so much that's going on in her face that's not what she's actually saying i was yeah. i'm always fascinated by her but i was fascinated by her in this damn maybe i should watch black widow maybe you should watch you midsummer. should watch midsummer <laughs> you just, piece of I shit just, I'm, I'm gonna see it i just am never in the mood for that <laughs> that's fair dude i mean you know how many movies i, I still haven't watched the abyss I'm <laughs> true and that's popcorn I, entertainment <laughs> i still haven't watched suicide kings yeah that's popcorn entertainment i'm like you know what i'm sure this is a good movie i just i saw hereditary and i just i just don't know if i need to be like hey let's see some fucked up stuff i like, you know i actually i guess i understand that in a way because i'm not a huge hereditary fan i i will say i think it's a much better movie than hereditary 
And it's just, dis- I just expect it to be bleak, just bleak and grim and upsetting. And it's like, I don't know if I need things to be that bleak in my life. I don't know. Hereditary is far more bleak than Midsommar, in my opinion. Okay. Agree. I mean, Midsommar, I mean, you can you can I, read it a couple of different ways, but regardless, <laughs> and there is some really gruesome fucked up shit in it, but it's kind of few and yeah. far between. And it's a it's a it's it delivers on its promise. It is a daytime horror movie. It's very, very bright for the most part. Um, that said, I kind of forgot about the first 10 minutes or so. <laughs> that might be more yeah. fucked up than anything in Hereditary for me. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, anyway, anyways, that's back. another movie. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, another that's movie. Florence Pugh through the ages. I would say uh, I would say prioritize that over Black Widow, though, if you're going to watch Florence Pugh movies. <laughs> Little Women is also very good. She's good in fucking everything. Yeah. My God. She's just. Mm. Okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to talk about her anymore. She's great, though. But yeah, the brother, the brother in this movie was good, too. Um, and, and his, you know, his it's ambiguous, but he's clearly in debt to some uh, yeah. tough customers. And so Lone sharks. Of, he's like, look, I like you might have qualms, physical or ethical about doing more ghost hunting. But he's like, they're going to fucking kill me if we don't make some scratch quickly. So what the hell can you do? Well, so and then, he's listening to like motivational tapes all the time. Yeah, like, he's like, listening telling to him how to become like. <laughs> yeah, he's movie. like listening to some Jordan Peterson shit <laughs> about how to be a con man, how to project strength. <laughs> you know, it's not Jordan Peterson because it didn't sound like Kermit the Frog. I wanted to do a Jordan Peterson impression, but I I, yeah. I need to work on it a little bit. Um, I'm proud to say I've never heard Jordan Peterson's light. <laughs> I've never heard Jordan Peterson's voice in my entire life. Really, he sounds like Kermit the Frog. Okay. If All you've right. heard Kermit the Frog, you've heard. If it's in Jordan your, Peterson. if it's in your mind, you can <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> I weirdly was thinking about him just the other day, and mostly I was thinking about him in the context of, wow, there's one of those people who was like on everyone's mind for exactly like nine to fourteen months, and I haven't heard about him in a while. I, I think he actually had like a breakdown. Oh, and did went he? Crazy shit. Much like the characters in this film, not not really. We need a segue of some kind. That was a nice try. <laughs> well, but anyway, so, he's listening to Jordan Peterson all the time. Yeah, all this culminates in them, you know, taking the one job they shouldn't have taken. Right. Which actually, Florence Pugh didn't want to take it because she gets a call on the the house answering machine from some frail old lady who's like, "Can you get the ghosts out of my house?" And she's like, "No, no, we're we're we're, we're booked." Yeah. Well, because she's already shook because the, oh, the yeah. prologue of the movie is her seeing something that she thinks was just the rest of the crew fucking with her, but it was actually her seeing yeah. some kind of spiritual. Yeah, mm, she saw something activity. from a James Wan movie. Yeah, I thought she saw her mom. She's shook. Oh, About is that me? the mom? Yeah, because she's Maybe. bald. Like, didn't the mom like? <gasps> yeah. Oh, it's, that would blow my mind. Yeah, that would be I'm pretty so sure good. it's supposed to represent her mom. We don't know that yet at the uh, point, though. I only well. The ghost is blended in with mannequins yeah. who are all bald, I think. And this one I, looks I, like it's I wearing actually, like a hospital gown, sort of, like oh, a light blue dress. That's so much better than it just being a random spooky. Yeah, but I actually it is loved like, that sequence. I was like, I don't know if we're in good hands because this movie has been very, very, very quiet indeed for about 10 minutes and then jump scare right before the title splash. Um, <laughs> I loved it. She, she looks at... <sighs> so there's. 
multiple cuts between her and the mannequin, her and the mannequin. And then the mannequin is a person, but standing still. Then back to her. Then the mannequin, and it's a mannequin again. Then back to the mannequin, it's a person, and it rushes at the camera like a James Bond movie. And then it's like, malevolent. I'm like, okay, cool. I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malevolent. I'm in. I needed yeah. like the prickly, high pitched uh, string music from Insidious though when that title came out. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, by the time the woman calls with this gig, Florence is shook because she's yeah. seeing shit that she thinks she shouldn't be seeing because she is one hundred percent convinced that she she knows she's a fraud. But the but but she calls back when the brother's home and they make it and the brother's like this is a big gig because look at the square footage I mean we're, this ain't this ain't like you know the first case we see him work on is like you know a guy's wife died it's him and his daughter it's you know a typical residential home this is like a boarding school slash orphanage I'm not sure what the hell it is wait orphanage hold on they charge by square foot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, you mean a real estate thriller? thriller. You mean it's, yeah, it's another real estate thriller. You mean it's gonna like they're like, well, this is gonna take a lot of time because it's a huge house and we got to go through every nook and cranny. Right, and there's okay. there's multiple ghosts though. There's you know yeah. like a, a dozen or more ghosts. Um, and it's it's I think it's an orphanage, right? No. Talk about movie titles. I want a movie called Multiple Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> we don't give you the number. There's so many we don't give well, you. Well, the there's already a movie ghosts. called Multiple Maniacs, but I was gonna make a joke about that. Um, yeah, well, it's yeah. The, the isn't the woman Ms. Green? Uh, she she kind of ran like she had some orphans and uh, or like a boarding like school wherever, or something. It's like wherever Madeline lives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, or Eloise. And, it's one of those. Yeah, one of them. And yeah, so so uh, the backstory of this this haunted place is it's a huge boarding school slash orphanage, and, slash you know, Madeline place. Yes, and and there's a there's an old lady who kind of runs the show, and it's revealed rather early on that the old lady actually had a son who worked there, mm-hmm. Herman, Herman, and and murdered all these little girls. So their lips shut. All kinds Sold of horrible their lips shit. shot, and now the set the them all up in a just, ring, like looking at each other. Yeah, took them out to the the back forty and buried them. <laughs> it's all very grim. And our old lady client is like, "Listen, I'm just trying to retire in peace, and these ghosts won't stop screaming at me. Can you please do something about it?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, no problem." Well, no, I mean, they're not like that <laughs> at first floor. At, at first floor, and hangs up on her and is like, no, we're not doing this. Well, yeah, and but then, once they get to the, and then once they get on brother, site. brother Jordan Peterson is like, we got to do this. I need the money. I need the money. Yeah. Well, they, and, they get, yeah, you get hmm. there and then they say, okay. And then and Florence, and Florence acts the hell out of her character giving into that bullshit. Yeah. And they have a couple friends, I think three friends. Um, one of them is the brother's girlfriend and then there's, no, it's only two friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's the camera guy who's low key or kind of medium key, maybe high key in love with Florence. Mm -hmm. And then there's the brother's girlfriend who is pretty over the loan shark shit, but also gets like sucked in by his cult personality. Yeah. And his dick. There's that scene where she's like looking at Florence is like looking at like, some documents related to her mom or something as she hears her brother fucking in the next room. Yeah. Because yeah, they all live together and they, yeah, she just hears her brother railing this, this pounding away, pounding, pounding away. And you think it's just like, Oh, neighbors. Right. And then you find out later that like, Oh no, they all live together. It's the brother. 
I think you, that's you, right bo- anyway. you both were much more shocked by that than I was. I guess <laughs> I, I just that didn't leave much impact on me. There's so little for me to talk about with this movie that like those were the sorts of details <laughs> I picked up. <laughs> so because yeah, all right. So so once they're on site, they're they're trying to do their con artist shit again. The problem is obviously this 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 Madeline place is extremely haunted um by the ghosts of little girls and so spooky things ensue um but here's kind of my first problem with the movie the spooky things first of all i feel bad for these little girls right off the bat which means i'm not really scared of the little girls the little girls very clearly from the first spooky scene want justice they have unfinished business they're not trying to scare you as much as show you shit that speaks to their story so that's all fine and beautiful but it doesn't make me scared and there's a lot of scenes where it's kind of played for fright but it doesn't really make me scared because i I sympathize with the little girls Um, i could hold both ideas in my head I, i could hold both that they were trying to communicate with florence and the rest of the crew to to achieve some goal and sympathize with them. But also if I see a creepy looking pallid faced ghost girl with its lips sewn shut that shows up all of a sudden, it's still going to provoke a startle in me. I got both. I wasn't startled. I think I'm more on Chris's side with this. I thought the the ghosts were pretty, uh, I mean, malevolent isn't the right word for sure. Whatever the opposite of that is. That's right. There is malevolency. There is malevolency in this movie, but it doesn't reveal itself till till late. Yeah. All the spooks is nothing malevolent. It's just ghost girls. I would say murdering a dozen girls and sewing their lips shut is pretty fucking malevolent. I know, but uh, but I'm saying you don't there's the the perpetrator of that doesn't come into play until late. Yeah. All the all the spooks are the little girls for the majority of the movie. A better title for this movie would be sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of the orphanage and how like scary the stuff with the 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 orphan ghost is in that. Even though, like I my, like my heartstrings were pulled the entire time. I still thought it was scary as fuck. This movie, I don't know. The girls are just kind of there, and and that's kind of all I have to say about it. All right, we're done. See you guys <laughs> next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else can we say? I mean, the 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 con artists kind of uh, get what's coming to them really for a large chunk well, of this movie they, they find themselves in some real shit they find themselves in the real shit they're doing some stuff that was interesting to me i mean actually i guess it's kind of similar to um what's the other one that's or actually it's two or the country where it's a period film but they're doing like some semi-high-tech shit where they're like running cables all over the house and they're like they've got like a command center set up basically to monitor in real time what they're filming elsewhere in the house that stuff i think is like kind of real but my problem is that they're fucking kids like it just seems absurd that these like i don't they know it's it from the university checkout. man yeah, it's, all, it's on checkout from the school 
I mean, yeah. just the fact that they could orchestrate this and be taken seriously when they're like 20 years old. I just found that to be very silly. Like, I love... Dude, I borrowed a lot of equipment and orchestrated a lot of shit and was <laughs> taken seriously with similar shenanigans when I was the same age. So I would call it realistic. Yeah, but you weren't hunting ghosts. You were making movies well, and stuff. it's all about that like, newspaper Listen, article. I could have created a ghost hunting show for Impact and no one would have batted a fucking eyelash. I would have batted a couple eyelashes. You weren't in charge of the cameras. <laughs> If there had been a New York Times article about how Patrick was descended from a spiritual medium and had the gift and mm. had a successful ghost cleansing client and was doing it for hire, um, yeah. I, you know what? I'm quitting the show right now to go fabricate a past. <laughs> as, uh, uh, the latest in a long line of mediums. This is my new career path. Goodbye. They've got clout, but we should note that the old lady who runs the orphanage sees through sees through oh the yeah shtick. Oh, this uh, this is one of my other favorite characters in the movie and i feel like this movie is anchored by a trio of what were to me really strong characters you know i said angela and the brother came off really strong to me and also this lady mrs green amazing performance from this actress i think her name is celia emery or something who has a hilarious introduction on her wikipedia page <laughs> oh my god yeah her wikipedia page is hilarious or at least the second sentence of it is we'll see if it's even still the same by the time this episode comes out yeah. but well, anyway didn't mean the, to interrupt the, you just we, should, we, we shouldn't just leave our, our listeners in suspense the second sentence of her wiki page says yeah. she was described in 2003 as quote one of the most successful british actresses of recent decades quote unquote after playing mrs Begg, who doubted winston's gammy leg in still game <laughs> that's not the most british film sentence you've ever heard <laughs> who doubted winston's gammy leg i like, just puzzled a, over that for like 20 minutes while i was to in include the <laughs> introduction of a wikipedia article let alone what an odd thing to include anywhere in a wikipedia article about an actor just well it seems to be a reference to a tv series that she was on and like maybe that's a really famous like Maybe that was like a very special episode or something in the UK. Maybe, when it I came mean, out. I don't know. Yeah, I, like imagine. Yeah, it's like it's probably like the soup Nazi or something. Yeah, <laughs> festivus. It's like if the it's like if the second sentence of Josh Brolin's Wikipedia was who played Thanos in Avengers Endgame, who snapped half the universe away or something. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it's probably a cultural touchstone. You're over there. You're you, if you work in in Britain, you hear nothing. But people be like, are you doubting my gammy leg? <laughs> Josh Brolin, whose father, James, chased down and destroyed the car in the classic film, The Car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. But no, this woman is, Wikipedia bio aside, to me was a performer of like huge power, just fucking commands the room and... uh loved every moment of her performance i i agree i agree and i really like what you said patrick about the trio of performances anchoring this movie because florence Pugh, the brother and the the mrs Beauvert or whatever are are very <laughs> compelling but isn't it baudelaire what, I don't know. what is her name? In Madeline is what I'm thinking of. Isn't it Madame Beauvert? Is it that Beauvert? sounds right okay. to me i must be mixing it up with a series of unfortunate events <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what another I'm orphan of. book. I don't know. I haven't re read Madeline enough, I guess. But um, it is a good trio of performances and characters. But you you gotta have you gotta have 
a story that that leans on that some more. I would watch a mumblecore movie with those three characters. I feel like I kind did just... until I watched it at 1.5 speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have like, you know, isolated scenes where they're interacting and stuff. And then a lot of the same old shit, the little like, let's let's walk through this house real slow. And uh oh, what was that? Oh, it was a little girl. Yeah. And none of that was interesting for me. And I waited so long for like something I gave a shit about to come into focus. And it just didn't happen. So, I, I well, first, I just want to acknowledge, I loved the scenes where the brother and Mrs. Green are interacting because he's just trying to put the fucking snake oil salesman bullshit on her. And she is having none of it. She's like, you don't do that to me. I know you do this with everyone else, but you don't do that to me. Explain to me what you're doing. And don't give me this whole fucking shtick. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's what ah! I say on first dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I liked how he'd like then kind of like sat the fuck down, tucked his tail between his legs. And he's like sitting there explaining the process to her. And she's just like staring at the TV intently and going, mm hmm. Mm hmm. I liked the way she said, mm hmm. That was, oh, that, and you that know what? It's like, you know, people like this, or at least I do. And, and it's, they're in like every industry and they're people who like, maybe they're not con artists. Maybe they can do the job, but they like, just want to feed you bullshit. Mm -hmm. Cause that's and, their true strength. Right. And it's like, they just, and, and you know what? It's, it's a, I think, I mean, Patrick and I have actually talked about this many times. Maybe that's just a talent that like, that's the people who get to the top of these industries of the business world are the people who just make other bullshit other people and make them think that they're hot shit. Oh, absolutely. But I have no doubt about that. I don't know. I, I see, I see through it. I feel like most people see through it. I, I love the dynamic between those characters though. I will say, you know, I obviously it sounds like I liked this movie more than you two did, but I will say like, as it goes on, I'm like, okay, you've set up some pretty strong characters and even some, fairly potent themes here or, or sort of interesting ideas. And I will say it doesn't quite deliver on that for me. I wasn't, I wasn't totally disappointed. I was just like, uh, I could see a sort of bigger, more impactful yeah. movie out of everything. Very like really good stuff that to me, at least that was set up in the first half or two thirds, even it mm -hmm. didn't all come together for me and i think that's maybe a good spot to stop and review it what do you guys think any or is there anything more you want to say before spoilers because i feel like we're getting pretty close to it um i want to say i was thinking of miss clavel that's oh the, that's the, yeah uh, that's the woman in madeline do you know how old madeline is if you would ask me when madeline was written well i'll just ask you Nin when do you think madeline was written 1930, 1940 oh i was gonna say i was gonna say 1940 something oh really i would have guessed like 1985 Ooh. madeline's from 1939 i was Ooh. all right i was pretty close i guess we both were crazy right? Yeah, wild stuff. Why the fuck are we talking about Madeline still? <laughs> Just because they live in the Madeline house. They do live in the Madeline house. Um, All the promo like images movie... for this episode are going to be of Madeline. This movie asks Why do we us... keep saying Madeline? Isn't it Madeline? I think it's Madeline. I don't know. That's what I remember the cartoon being advertised as. With oh, okay. All right. Right. This this movie is like, what if something ha horrible happened to all the girls in Madeline? What if Madeline didn't just have her appendix out? She had her lips on shut. <laughs> <laughs> Wowie. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us off here in the reviews. I'm gonna give this a. Ooh, I hadn't really thought about it. 
as much as I probably should have before we started recording. I'm going to give this a screw it. Not a not a screw it with prejudice or anything, but this just did absolutely nothing for me. And there's so many... Again, I understand it's based on a book. I think it is a really fun premise, so maybe I'll read the book if it's got good reviews or something. But I just didn't think this really... It seemed kind of meandering and none of it really came together for me. And I definitely wasn't scared even a single time outside of that initial jump scare before the title popped up. I see your year of positivity is going well so far. Dude, I tried. I approached it with open arms and uh, it didn't work for me. What about you, Patrick? View it, cute, or screw it? Mm, I'm going to give it a low view it. I, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed this movie and actually I I went back and rewatched parts of it today because I was also in a foggy mental state when I watched it the first time Um, and I almost think I liked it even more when I went back and and rewatched some stuff. I will say I watched it at one and a half times speed. It is a slow paced movie. And when you speed it up a little and Netflix also, I think, kind of pitch shifts things that it's not like with the dialogue. I was like, oh, this seems like a normally paced movie. I almost didn't notice that it was at one and a half times speed. So maybe that actually contributed to me enjoying it more the second time around. I did that um, too. And I have to say I had the exact same experience. I watched like 60% of it at one and a half speed before we recorded. And I was like, oh, this feels like a normal movie now. Like I can, yeah. I can much more easily pay attention to this because there were so fewer long gaps between dialogue and information being delivered. Yeah, I mean, we you know, we complain often about like there being nothing there with characters and performances in, in these movies. And I like I said already, I felt like there were really strong characters and performances. Um, and it was enough to keep me intrigued and engaged in a movie that's sometimes a little slow, maybe a little low on the scares. Um, and, you know, honestly, by the end, it turns up at the end. And uh I liked it. Like I said, it's a it's a little maybe a diamond in the rough or something or a ruby in the rough or something. You could do a bit more with what they've got here, but I liked it. Chris. First of all, let me say that you guys are are fucking up the world by watching this at one and a half times speed. It's sending feedback to Netflix saying our viewers like to watch movies at one and a half times speed. Let me say I watched it at well, normal speed the first time have? around. The second time I was like I only have an hour and I have to watch a movie that is slightly under an hour and a half for credits. So I got to cram this shit in. Same. The one and a half time speed button on Netflix is an abomination to art. I wouldn't watch cinema at one and a half times speed. Okay. Oh. And I did give this a screw it. So it shouldn't be a surprise that I'm uh, saying that. Well, we both watched it once at one time speed. So, I, and you know, we're not, we're, this is not a regular practice. I know. I'm just saying you're, you're fucking up the, the, the stats. The algorithms. And, yeah. But what, yeah. I mean, and what Netflix effect is going to say, have? fuck it. We're going to three times speed. No, Netflix is going to say, we need Who to cares? like pick in, we need to pick up the pace in our fucking original movies because people can't handle how slow this mm. is. Well, right. I was going to say, I like short everything. I like short shows. I like short movies. So if it makes them go instead of a three hour movie, we should uh, make it an hour and a half. Give it to me. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> I, I really liked what Patrick said about how, you know, a lot of movies we watch don't do the character work that this movie does. Um, so that's I'm sympathetic to that point. I got to give it a screw it, though, because it Hell was just yeah. so boring. So, so boring for me and w- waste of potential. And I didn't understand 
why what was going on why i should care about these these the the, the girls or any of that i almost forgot i've almost forgotten it's hard for me to do this episode because i've almost forgotten completely about this movie dude i am so I re- comforted to hear that because i watched this today <laughs> and i barely remember this movie granted Wait, i was somewhat incapacitated with with illness but i was like what am i missing something like is there like a real missing from the version that i'm watching no there's not it's Nonsense. Why would you care about the girls? Because they were all brutally murdered and were seeking justice. Well, like, well I mean, for sure, for sure. But but like I said before, the the spookiness of the girls didn't work for me. It's a lot of just walking around in a hallway. Oh, there's a little girl. And sometimes okay. the little girl is just like there in the room, like doesn't even have a grand entrance or anything. It's, I don't know. I just I just need a little. I need more. I, I what can I say? Little boy, mm. that's scary. Little girl, eh. it might as well. <laughs> It might as well be just another one of these walk around the dark, like touching the doorknob very slowly movies that I despise so much. Um, I'm, it does some things right. It didn't pay off for me. I didn't like it. And I'm not going to remember it. I also just liked the basic premise. I mean, I'm sure this has been done before somewhere, but I like the premise of fraudulent Ghostbuster or medium, whatever, who turns out to actually have some power uh or some uh whatever touch with the spirits um and has to fucking grapple with having these encounters that she never wanted to have and never asked for that was compelling to me as well well. i would say that if you're interested in a movie about a con artist uh medium who finds the real shit you should watch you should watch ouija origin of evil oh yeah there we go seen that I kind of forgot about remember that was part of the concept. Yeah, that's the concept. I mean, they they have they have a sham fortune telling room, and then they get a real evil Ouija board in it. Oh, that's I think they get the Ouija board as a prop, like for like, oh, this is going to drive up our rates, and then they're like, oh, it's actually fucking haunted. That's right, because they have all like mechanics under the table and stuff, and the fortune. Yeah, okay, I need to see that movie. But it's not the it's not the board that's haunted. It's the house. Yeah. I need to see that. I think that might have been the first Mike Flanagan movie I ever saw. And I thought it was fine. And I'm curious to see it again now from the eyes of a a diehard fan again. Oh, I'm I'm a diehard Ouija Origin of Evil fan. I am too. I'm a fan again. (laughs) I love that movie. That's probably my favorite Mike Flanagan. Yeah, but you haven't fucking seen any of his Netflix series. That's true. That's true. Anyway. Yeah, I guess that's all I got to say about the movie. Anybody want to do right. a, do the spiel, the business? I'll do the spiel. Hey, you like listening to this show? I know you do. <laughs> I just got That's gotta, why you're here. I feel like I just slipped into Mark Marin mode there. Hey, <laughs> you like listening to the show? <laughs> Steven has lost the will to live. Steven might not make it to the you know, spoiler what a, room. What a, what a lot of people don't realize is if you don't support your podcast, you're going to live in a civilization that has no podcasts. And, and, and Are you so doing you, Mark Marin right now? Jordan, Jordan Peterson. Peterson. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I did a really good one yesterday, but I can't work it up right now. Damn it. <laughs> what what, what does right, it say right, about right. the society when, when an a, a athlete can get thousands of likes on Instagram, but a podcast with three great <laughs> minds reviewing horror movies <laughs> can't get any any likes or shares <laughs> do the rest of the spiel as jordan peterson chris no 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 dude jordan peterson v joe rogan is i i need a whole documentary series about it 
It's amazing. They're, what do you mean, V? They're friends. No, they're, no, no. But I just mean that conversation. Like, the most recent <laughs> episode oh, was yeah, that yeah. is fucking insane. Anyway, we're way yeah, off track. Right. Wow. Right, just do, I, let's do the spiel. Y'all are, y'all are deeply steeped in, like, this toxic podcast culture. I mean, other than ours. Yeah. It's everywhere. Right, anyways, it. take two, take two. Hey, if you like listening to this show, go to our website. We've got a list of every movie we've ever watched and the ratings that we gave them so that you can, uh, you know, have a handy reference to figure out what to watch or, or not to watch. You can go to our merch store where we have uh, T-shirts and goods and sundries with every horror movie on Netflix art on them. You can go to our social media at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. Follow us on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, and nothing else, because those are the only three things we're on. Uh, like our stuff, follow our stuff, retweet our stuff, share our stuff, yada, yada. You know you know what to do. And also, perhaps most importantly of all, subscribe to us on your podcast provider of choice and leave us a review. We like to hear the feedback, and it does really help people find the show, pushes us up in those... Uh, rankings of horror podcasts uh and that's what we need this is how we win Thanks this is listening. how we get in variety you gotta this review is, this is how we win exactly well we are already in variety but we need them to like this is how uh, we got in variety that. interview us that's got that. variety. okay we we need to get like variety to bring us in on one of those actor on actor things and we get to like yes. talk to daniel craig while his head bleeds <laughs> that'd be hilarious yeah that'd they, be great. that's the that's the state of journalism now they're like you know what instead of hiring like people to interview people let's just put two stars on camera and let them let them go we'll get more clicks anyway all right is, is that the end of it <laughs> all right well we're going down to the spoiler basement check out those creepy little girls with the sonat mouths we'll see you in a minute Welcome back, everybody. We're still talking malevolent. We're going to get a little deeper down here in the spoiler room. Our lips haven't been sewn shut yet. (laughs) Soon to come. Soon to come. Uh, Yeah, where do we go from here? I mean, we're at Ms. Green, Mrs. Green's house. The little girls are wreaking havoc. Uh, I mean, are we here for spoilers or are we here for spoilers? We're here for for spoilers. spoilers. I feel like we've exhausted this movie. Well, I mean... Look, the, the the essential spoiler here, which really, it's kind of telegraphed. Uh, Mrs. Green, Miss Clavel, whatever you want to call her, the lady who runs the Madeline house, she was she was involved, okay? She fucking murdered these kids yep. with her son. That's the long and short of it. And her motivation is, yeah, like, for, she's got she's got a problem. The reason she sewed their lips shut and killed them is because they were too fucking chatty in the house and she wanted silence. I want a silent Madeline house. Dead silence. Dead silence. <laughs> That's what she wanted. Great film. I wish we should have made this a double episode with dead silence. <laughs> Might have been a spoiler though. In the, Didn't in the we watch that like on Halloween or something this year? Uh, very close. Oh, we watched it after that. we went to the haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was great. That was a good time. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of twist endings, Jesus. But um, <laughs> so now, even in death, the children won't shut the fuck up. So uh, she says that's why the exorcists are here. But once it becomes clear that the exorcists, the exorcists get a little too close to the truth, 
and uh, aren't curing the demons. And so uh, Miss Clavel and her son, who is apparently not incarcerated, as we were led to believe, uh, basically just going on a little rampage. And, and the son is killing people and they kind of take everybody. I mean, I think he straight up kills one and a half of the foursome. Oh, it turns into oh, so hostile some, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's a some tongue in- chopped off at one point. Mm, there's some intense shit. Yeah, Elliot, the cameraman, fucking falls through the floor into the basement where the little girls have scratched like "help us" and stuff on the walls, which is when Florence starts to realize that things are going wrong. Elliot's limping around. Uh, Mrs. Green kidnaps uh, the Jordan Peterson brothers' girlfriend, stitches her mouth shut. The four of them all get in the car and you think they're going to get away, but Jordan Peterson has started <laughs> fucking seeing ghosts too, <laughs> which apparently it runs in the family. That's another interesting thing about this movie. Um, and he runs over the fucking gardener or butler or something because he thinks he, it's one of the little ghost girls. His yeah. girlfriend flies through the windshield and dies. Uh, it's bleak. Florence wakes up. Mrs. Green, Mrs. Clavel has taken her brother back to the house and is sewing his lips shut, cutting out his tongue, knocking out his teeth with a fucking mm-hmm. hammer and chisel. And Florence leaves Elliot behind to go back. And Elliot's the cameraman whose leg is broken from falling into the basement. And Florence goes back to save Jordan Peterson <laughs> and gets captured herself. Elliot hobbles back to the house, knocks out Harriman, the fucking fucked up murder son. Who had a uh, Crispin Glover energy, I would say. Mm, I could see that. Okay. See that. And just barely saves Florence from having her mouth sewn shut, which interesting why Mrs. Green pulled out Jordan Peterson's tongue and knocked his teeth out, but did not do the same to Florence before she started sewing Florence's mouth shut. Whatever. Mrs. Green attacks Jordan Peterson, or no, attacks Elliot with a bone saw, which I couldn't even tell it was a bone saw until late in that sequence. This is maybe the biggest flaw in the whole movie for me, is that that sequence is so oddly shot, you cannot tell what the weapon is and what she's doing to him. I think because they're trying to shoot around like gore shots because they just didn't have the budget to depict the 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 wounds as they were being inflicted Mm. but i was like what is she hitting him with is she killing him is she chopping him up is this a cleaver is it a hammer is it a what it's a bone saw and he's pretty fucked up um and then florence kills me at this point in the movie i was simultaneously like oh things are finally happening great and also i don't fucking care anymore like, I yeah. just, I, I was so conflicted because it was certainly the last, like, 15 minutes are more exciting than anything that comes before by a good measure. But I was just so, like, disinvested in these characters and this plot that it just kind of washed over me. But it all feels so arbitrary. And I guess that's what I'm ex- saying, yeah. To the extent that I was interested in the story... It's kind of just like, all right, well, we've played that out. Now, how about some mayhem? How about some hostile? Woke me up a little bit. I mean, I'll give it that, but it just felt like it was not. 
I don't even know what I expected out of this movie. I'll be honest, but that was not what I wanted. And I don't think I really got any kind of resolution for Florence Pugh and what she's been through by the end of this. Okay. Well, I I did. I I would disagree with you on that point. Um, I guess in the sense of, Oh, sorry. Let let me continue. I, I, the final scene sequence, like, yeah. Okay. I, I got what I needed from that. But as far as like, I wanted there to be like a stronger tie between the supernatural that they were experiencing in this house and what she has been through personally. And it just felt like she kind of wandered into an arbitrary haunted house. Yes. Pivotal moment in the climax though, is when uh, Florence Pugh is about to get got one way or another. And she appeals to the ghost children. They're all, they're all lined up. I forgot about that. Two by two or whatever, however, however they are. In, Madeline, in Madeline by Madeline. We love our bread. They're, we love our butter. But most of all, we love each they're, other. They're in rows, standing in the back of the the room, and she's like, "Help us! Help us! Please help!" And 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 the children do what they do best, which is scream. And uh, Miss Clavel is like, "Oh God! I these these inf- this infernal racket that's haunted me my entire life is back. How can I possibly go through with murder at a time like this?" And so <laughs> that gives them the window to escape. And so it's kind of like, a, okay, like the little girls see that there's someone who understands and acknowledges what they went through and who did it, and now they have an opportunity to to help make things right so it kind of kind of works okay okay yeah i didn't i like your read on it it didn't play that way for me but also i was pretty checked out so i don't think i have a fair (laughs) read on this yeah all right that's something so i mean at the end of the day justice uh will be done i don't think i i think um crispin glover dies right he gets killed by our heroes right yeah but but Miss Clavel doesn't get killed. She oh, gets she in, definitely oh, no, gets she, killed. She gets oh, yeah. she gets her oh, she gets her throat slit. Yeah, she she, she is fucking jabbed in the jugular. Yeah, that All was right. pretty gnarly. I just I just All demonstrated right. that and hit myself in the neck way harder than I <laughs> intended to. Yeah, and you were holding, you were holding a screwdriver when you did that too. I was. Which I yeah, was I, should, a little I should probably I should probably go tend to this. I'll be back in a few minutes, guys. <laughs> I keep keep your tools away from podcasting, but. No, but I mean, the interesting thing is that Florence walks away from the situation and is obviously haunted and traumatized by what goes on. And she's walking down the road and she sees her brother, who we know is dead. She's now seeing ghosts basically everywhere. We don't know he's dead. That's the thing. So that was actually an artful touch in the movie because he he we last we see of the brothers, he's been tortured. And Miss Clavel is like, all right, take him out to the back 40 and kill him. Yeah like we do and they leave together we don't see what happens to the brother wait but then florence Pugh's walking away from the house and sees the brother in the street and is like brother uh well it's a he's a ghost now well yeah and i think we understand that because his mouth is not sewn shut right he looks normal i think when he turns around i didn't even notice that but i mean he's definitely a ghost there's something uncanny about how he responds to her. I mean, I think, like, I, I think I think you're right. It is kind of clever because there's the possibility that maybe he has also escaped, 
But I think when he turns around, he looks normal. And she has seen him obviously brutalized with his mouth sewn shut. So she realizes that she's now just like seeing dead yes. people all over. Well, well, I think I think he responds to her in like a non sequitur. Oh, like, yeah. Like everything's fine. That's what happens. Like she's yeah. like, brother. Oh, my God. And he's like, hey, how are you? Yeah. You want to go fishing or <laughs> like something weird? Right. And the <laughs> final scene of the film is she's talking to her grandpa on the phone and he says something along the lines of like i don't want you to be alone through all this and a shadow crosses her face and she says i'm not alone my understanding was she saw the mother and had some kind of peace in that and there's oh. this theme going on about was the mom crazy or not the brother has gaslit florence about whether she might be right. crazy or considered crazy and i saw florence making peace with obviously this very traumatic thing to some degree and going, my mom wasn't crazy. I'm not crazy. I can see these ghosts and maybe there's, maybe that's not all bad. Uh, that's, I did not connect that to thinking that she saw her mother at the end, but that I like that. That makes sense. She's, she did seem at like, peace. She looked up and she didn't look too yeah yeah what she saw i just thought she was like oh i i am one with the ghost now i am aragorn after he goes to the cave and recruits all the ghosts <laughs> to fight with him and that she's never alone because she has all the ghosts now but no the mother makes a lot more sense it's a good story it's just not a good movie and i'm with I'd be you on that in the book i think it's a good story and a good movie personally the book might fill these spaces that I didn't like in the movie with something interesting about Florence Pugh's internal narrative or something like that. You know, there might be a lot going on character wise that you can't really put on screen in the in the slower moments. I mean, I, you know, like I said, so in maybe, my... maybe we're a book club now. Maybe we should all read the book. All right. Like I said in my review, like I, I don't think it's great. You know, I, I think you could do a bit more with these themes and these characters, but I thought it was pretty damn solid and, you know, a damn cut above some of the shit we watch. Yeah, man, I thought it fit right in with some of the shit we watch, but I do think it is a novel premise and I would like to read the novel at some point. They should have, they should have called it malevolent based on the novel hush by Eva Constantopoulos. <laughs> it rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> well what else can you say i mean i'm i'm good <laughs> i'm i'm ready to close the book on I, this one. Yeah, I, I am too and i mean ever more so because i am so excited for what we're doing in two weeks you guys yeah what the hell are we watching next we we should be bringing out the wheel of death but but we're not we're not doing that are we the wheel's gonna have to wait we're we're breaking the format we're not breaking the format we do this but we're breaking the the order we don't even have an order anymore i don't know what we're doing but we are watching it just so happens that that our next episode comes out very soon after a major netflix event which would be the brand new texas chainsaw massacre legacy sequel yes and uh so are we watching we're it? watching we're it. watching we're watching it. it and we're we're gonna talk about it live right live you all we're gonna do it live y'all are invited to come talk about it with us on twitter spaces we're gonna try the twitter space thing again and 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 we is, are is it space or spaces why do i fuck this twitter up all the spaces time? oh it is spaces twitter okay space. yeah, but we're gonna space. have a singular twitter space yes 
among yeah but, among you, but the you wouldn't spaces. say on twitter spaces you would say no you wouldn't say on twitter space it's not like a part of the atmosphere it's and not like say, the metaverse we're gonna be on twitter spaces with a twitter space and on that twitter space we will be discussing you know who knows maybe this is a movie that generates some discourse right and 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 you will be invited to drop in your two cents and i mean look let us know this is going to be if the return of the leather man was satisfying the leather man <laughs> the leather look this movie's going to be a big deal we love the texas chainsaw massacre there's been a <laughs> variety of sequels and reboots and remakes and whatever since then is this going to live up to the fucking legend we all we all we all want to know we're all wondering we all all have our doubts we all have our hopes and we're all going to want to talk about it so jump on twitter space parentheses s close parentheses and uh you know beam in share your thoughts talk with us i can't wait and i'm telling you i i'm a obviously we've talked about this a billion times i'm a massive fan of texas chainsaw massacre and Mm -hmm. a slightly less massive fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> I've seen the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original remake, and I have a horrific story about that that I don't think is fit for Twitter spaces. But I am planning on filling in all the gaps to get ready for this new one. So I, I am excited oh, wow. for a smorgasbord of Texas Chainsaw Massacre conversation. Okay, so what do the gaps entail? So the, the, there, there's, there's the original, the two and then there's two there's the no, remake and then a sequel no to the no remake, no right? no it's deeper than that there's text oh, there's Chainsaw Massacre three there's oh, text Chainsaw Massacre three which i know nothing about there's text Chainsaw Massacre the next generation with matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger oh right then there's the remake then Fuck. there's a 3d movie then oh, yeah. there's leatherface and i gotta there's gotta be another one in there too yeah, I was I was going to commit to doing this as well, but I don't know if I'm going to manage it. Maybe I'll just watch the ones I haven't seen. All right. Well, this is all going down on Monday, February 21st. Um, well, you know, some people had trouble logging into Twitter spaces last time. We'll try and uh, give you a little more details ahead of time so you can get all settled and be sure that you can actually call in and talk with us because uh, we are looking forward to talking with you about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. I just hope I can hear everybody over all the chainsaws <laughs> and the screaming. Oh, man. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. Cannot wait until that conversation. For now, it's time to say goodbye and good night. As always. I don't want to. As always. I don't want to. I'm going to sew your fucking mouth up if you don't stop it. <laughs> oh, God. As always, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Steven. I'm Chris. And I'm Patrick. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.